everybody welcome again to another episode of studio b thank you so much for joining us uh, i am your host pastor mdh uh, it is always a privilege to to join you on the set of studio b make sure that wherever you are watching this right now facebook instagram twitter or youtube that you like subscribe follow and comment so that you don't miss one single episode of studio b uh, joining me today again uh, for part two of married life is my beautiful wife, uh, the one and only Jamie Michelle Holman. Uh, praise the Lord. I didn't get the proper opportunity to introduce you in your whole capacity. Uh, not only is she my wife, but she has bore four children for me. She also operates as the children's ministry director at the church at Bethel's Family. She's also the director of Bethel's Family Christian Academy, uh, which is our school here on campus, and just an all-around beautiful, wonderful, godly, beautiful, wonderful, and godly woman. Thank you for joining us here on the set of Studio B. How you doing today? I am doing well. You call me by my whole legal name. You know, in, in married life, when you call your wife or your husband by their, by their name, they're in trouble. <laughs> so, you know, like we have Bay. So if she ever calls me Marcus or I ever call her Jamie, we, you know, we got some issues going on. <laughs> we got some issues going on. But how you doing today? I am doing well. Are you happy? I'm very happy. Are you really happy? I really am. You looking real good in that sweater you Come on, have you know, on. it's just, you know, we had to pull out a little something. I wear what she I put see. out. Where was that one at? It was in the back of the closet. <laughs> it's a running joke. Uh, it was in the back of the closet. It was in the back of the closet. Because she repossessed my sweater last night, but we'll get into that in a whole <laughs> other thing. Uh, but I want to thank you for joining us here on, on the set of Studio B. Uh, we got a lot of good uh, feedback from our last podcast, a lot of uh, discussion here in the ministry and calls and text messages that um, the uh, podcast that we did a couple of weeks ago really blessed and encouraged some people. And so I felt like we needed to do a round two and dive uh, deeper into some of those areas that we talked about last week, a week before last, and then even further talk about some additional stuff that um, that our marriage consists of. And Bay, one of the, excuse me, Sister Bay, Sister Bay, all right, Passable thing, yeah, okay. Passable thing. Um, one of the things that I, I think that we try to do is to dispel this myth of the perfect marriage um, or the perfect couple. And unfortunately, this is a this is something that is being done in the church where Christians um, feel like they have to live that perfect life. That once you come to Christ, um, that everything else is going to be the yellow brick road. There are no going to be no more problems, no more struggles, no more issues. That if you and your wife are both Christians and both love the Lord, that you're going to get along great every single day of your life. There's never going to be any type of challenges in your life. And so one of the things that we try to do is to try to dispel that myth. Mm -hmm. And babe, one of the things that people have this idea about is this Hollywood marriage. Like you get hit with Cupid's arrow, you know, butterflies flowing around your head, and then bam, y'all just fall in love and get married. But oftentimes life just kind of presents a different option. And our marriage, we've been very, very forthright. Yes, we have. Um, <laughs> we never dated. No. <laughs> we were never in a um, relationship leading up to our marriage. Uh, we had Vinchelle, which is our oldest. And how old was she? She was nine, six months. Oh, goodness. Uh, I think when, she was we like, yeah, when we got married? Yeah, when we got married. 
She should. hadn't even turned one yet. So you know, she, they only 11 months apart. Yeah, our first two are 11 months apart. So we already had a child. Uh, Jay was pregnant with Markayla, our second child, when we got married. So when we got married, we did not start off like the typical couple. Uh, we didn't meet in a ministry program or a summer dating camp or, no. you know, in some type of ministry in the Our church. parents didn't put us together. No, we <laughs> not, that's not the way our marriage uh, got together. However, even though we started off um, not in the right way, um, God blessed us. So let me ask you the, this question. What is your idea of the perfect marriage? What does that look like to you? Uh, the idea of a perfect marriage is that it, it does not exist. Um, the perfect marriage or the perfect relationship, of course, is with Christ and, and the church. Oh, you preaching today. Uh, I, um, hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> but as far as God perfecting a marriage, that's a whole different, that's a whole different story. Um, so as far as a perfect marriage, there is not one on earth. Can you think of one? A perfect marriage, I think, is this idea that a lot of people have in regards to marriage. So when they hit that proverbial wall, when the honeymoon is over, right, and they hit challenges that they have not been prepared for, as many people in marriage do, we were not prepared for a lot of the challenges that we faced early on in our marriage. Thanks by, by God's grace, we were able to get through those things. But we have this idea, and it's typically based on what the world says your marriage should look like. But you're dealing with two imperfect people mm -hmm. trying to figure out each other through the course of life. And that's challenging. It can be. Because you're learning about each other every single day. Good things, good things, and not, not so, so good, good things, <laughs> right? So when you're looking at a marriage, a marriage, while it is, it, it's not perfect, and I don't believe that there is an example of a perfect marriage, I do believe in the concept of a godly marriage. A godly marriage, yes. Now, the godly marriage is the good, the bad, and the indifferent. Yeah. Loving each other through the imperfections of each other. Forgiveness, grace, mercy. Come on, preach back to me now. <laughs> so what does a godly marriage look like? Um, a godly marriage looks like one of my favorite relationships in the Bible uh, is, is Boaz and Ruth. I got me a Boaz. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but just how Ruth, when she came along, you know, everything didn't line up. You know, she... Lost her husband, and, and, you know, she was going through some things. And so it was just her and her mother-in-law and her other sister-in-law. But um, to fast forward, just how Ruth was willing to work, Ruth was willing to sacrifice, she was willing to listen. Um, I love that relationship. And she found her kinsman redeemer. And so I love the way that, that Boaz covered Ruth, even in the process, uh, even while she was working, you know, she was set apart from all the other women, even while she was working. They were like, who is this woman? And so her character went before her. So I truly love the relationship of Boaz and Ruth. That is a that, that's a I'm not going to use it because it's a uh, cliche, but that is a perfect segue. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because you see that that relationship being played out in Scripture. And God is so magnificent, babe, because all of the issues that have to deal with husband and wife and parent to child and all the family dynamics, 
It's from Genesis all the way to Revelation. All the way. And God doesn't hide that stuff. Like there are dysfunctional families all through the word of God. But God shows us how to, even in those dysfunctional relationships, how to allow his grace and mercy to cover us. But here's a conversation that I want to have with you. We've been married now. Next year will be March the 17th of 2021 will be 20 years of marriage, uh, 25, 26 years of knowing each other. Twenty, so so a long time. We, you know, we met each other that year that the Rockets yeah. won. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, nineteen ninety five was that ninety five? Yes, it was. They, they they did win. Nineteen ninety four. Back then, yes. So now we've been married all that time. We've had our share of run ins, right? <laughs> we've had some conflict. We've yes, had we disagreements. Mm-hmm. Um, we, thank God, and we've never got to the place to where pots were thrown and we cussed each other out and fisticuffs were being done. We've never done that. No, Praise God for that. We've never lost a pinky toe, no. We've never lost a pinky toe. That no. was just something that we did not tolerate in our marriage. But we have had our share of conflicts. Mm-hmm. Uh, two people that love God, two people that love each other, two people that are committed to the marriage still had conflict. What was one of the hardest things that you had to deal with in those con- uh, conflictual situations? Being quiet. You know, again, it's just because you always want to say something. You always want to get the last word in. I got to tell him what I want to say. And, and, and that was challenging at times. And so when we would get into these disagreements um, or heated disagreements. Um, it, it, it could be challenging sometimes because I really wanted to have the last say. I really wanted you to understand my point of view. Um, and so so the, the way that we had to learn through the years, even now, we, you know, we still learning. Uh, you know, we, we can go months on in and then something just like, where in the world did this just come from? But uh, I think conflict resolution for us is key. Uh, one of the ways that we tend to get over it quickly is when you want to play. And I don't <laughs> feel like playing. I, I still got to get my point across. <laughs> no, but, no let, let's, let's explore that because we, you, I think one of the things in conflict resolution, and I'm glad you bring that up, is understanding the difference between the sexes. Yeah. Um, you know, in our marriage, we were having spiritual debates. That's what we're going to call them. On Sunday mornings <laughs> leading up to church. Mm-hmm. I'm pastoring at the time, senior pastoring at the time, and I got to go preach. And we're having spiritual debates in the car pulling up to the church. Those are some of the things that we had to do early on in our marriage. And I think what we had to, well, let me just talk for me. One thing that I had to do and still continuing to do is learn this balance of you came down every mountain. Um, everything is not about getting your point across. Mm-hmm. And I had to get to the point, and I'm still trying to get to that point. It is a work in progress of listening to understand and not listening to respond. Mm-hmm. Right. So as soon as she take a break, I'm in there. Because I gotta, I gotta show you that I'm right. Yeah, he started pulling out big words. Like, what, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, but, but it was something that we had to work through. We did, and we are, and we have. You know that, and that's the good thing about marriage is that we we are still in the process of growing. Um, so even with us, I know one of the things that we would always talk about is consider why would that person say that. 
Um, even when, you know, I expect you to think like me and you expect me to think like you and we just don't think like we that. We just don't think alike. We, husband, men and women don't think alike. No, no. <laughs> men are from Mars, women are from Venus. I think that was that's, a book That's what they say. <laughs> Probably Pluto, but you know. But this conflict, I think, is a, is, a, is, is, is a contentious point for a lot of married couples because they don't know how to navigate through it. Now, in regards to me, when we get into a little spat and things are not, you know, clicking on all cylinders. I want to get over it quickly, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to let the sun. And I throw scriptures at us. Yeah, so I'll be, yeah. be throwing them scriptures. Don't let the sun go down on your ass. So I start playing. Be angry and sin be not. Be angry and sin <laughs> not, right? So I'll be talking about this stuff. But I deal with stuff by getting over it quickly and moving on to the next. Um, and in these years that we've been married, I've had to learn that you don't get over things as quite quickly as I do. So it one take of the, me an extra five minutes. It take you an extra five minutes or an extra day. Two. <laughs> so, but I had to figure out. Okay, well, it, I, I'm ready to get over it and move on, out of sight, out of mind. But then trying to consider the fact of why it's still bothering you, mm-hmm. and in 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 trying to manage conflict between two different personalities can be challenging. Mm-hmm. But that's the glory in marriage. It is. It is. That's the glory in learning each other and going through the process together. So as we are entering into year 20, um, how has communication conflict resolution, how has it gotten better? What have we done? What have you done? Uh, You know, at times, I don't, like I said, I journal a lot. Uh, And one of the things that has happened to us, even in the last year or so, is being able to talk it out, you know, even if, you know, you want to have a five-minute conversation, I would rather an hour-long <laughs> conversation, you know, and so it's being able to talk it out. And nowadays, sometimes we don't even remember what, what, what in the world are we even discussing because, you know, you, you want to play, you want to start tickling, you want to, it's just like, what, what are we even arguing for? And not even an argument, more of a, just a disagreement, a long drawn out disagreement. That's what we call it. But um, through the years, we've gotten much better. But even in the last year or so, like I said, it's been better because you're willing to hear me out and vice versa. I'm willing to hear you out. You know, we are not trying to have the last word. Um, You know, at times, again, when you get into these heated um, disagreements, you know, at times we'll, we'll say things and you can't take those things back. So I think we really watch what we try to say uh, with each other. Now, hold that thought, because that's a good point. Uh, you know, the old saying is sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is a lie, That's a lie. from the pit of hell itself. Words not only hurt, they can also kill. Mm-hmm. And in the heat of the moment, you have to be careful to guard your heart because yeah. something will fly out of your mouth. And once it flies out, no matter how sorry you are, no matter how much you apologize, those words have hit their intended target yeah. and have done its damage. Mm-hmm. And you cannot ever put a bullet back in the chamber. Mm-hmm. So no matter how sorry you are, you have to guard your heart. So in these times of disagreement, and this is a good point for us to kind of you know uh, belabor for a minute, because this is the problem with a lot of marriages. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to navigate through disagreements. And so what me and you talk about constantly is, is that we have to, first of all, establish some rules here. Do we both love each other? Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Do we both love God? Yes. Do we both want what's best for the family? Yes. yes. Those primary pillars that are in place should dwarf everything else, mm-hmm. right? It should, but oftentimes it doesn't. So when you're talking about conflict resolution on behalf of the wife, what does that look like on behalf of the wife? And then I'll talk about what it looks like on behalf of the husband. <laughs> I got to swallow my pride. No, that's oh, mine. Oh, you were going to take that one? Yes. Well, I'm going to take it too. Um, because, again, it has to do with two people. And, and, and the biggest thing is pride. Somebody has to be willing to yield and say, okay, look, I'm going to take the higher road. Now, it may be somebody else may have been wrong in the situation, but one of us have to take responsibility. And in taking responsibility, we can heal or, you know, at least be able to talk it through. Um, I know for for me, you know, there have been times I, I know, you know, what I say is not my intention. It may just come out wrong. And God gets me when it comes out wrong. You know, I, I y'all know I'm a big old crybaby. I, I'm, I'm not afraid to admit. But, you know, I, I will go in my prayer closet and I'm like, God, I, I apologize. I'm sorry. And in that, I can come back to you and say, babe, I'm sorry. Come on. But the most beautiful words that any man will ever hear. I'm so sorry. Come on now. Amen. Men out there, give me a high five. Bam, it's the most Praise beautiful God. words you'll ever hear as a man. Now let's go play. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Now, men on my side, let me just tell you, you cannot die on every mountain. You have to be willing to take the L. You got to take the L for the sense and for the sake of peace in our homes. Um, the Bible calls a woman the weaker vessel, not in strength, not in intellectual capacity, not in spiritual fortitude. That's not what he that's not what he's referring to. He's referring to the order of how man was created, that God created man first. And then out of his rib, does he create Eve? And so we are, as men, given the charge to protect our wives. And at time protecting our wives, pride can rise up and cause us to harm our wives. And we got to be very, very careful in understanding when pride is coming up. So when things are starting to get a little bit heated and people are not understanding each other and pride rises up because you want to be heard, I'm right, you are wrong, you have to be able to take a step back and take the L for the sake of the family. So that peace may reign in your house. Now, Bay, you know, now look at these cameras. Now, you know, we don't tolerate no peace in the house. Mm-mm. We got we, to have peace. We got to have peace. peace be still. In <laughs> our home. Hallelujah. We try to work hard on having peace in the home. Conflict resolution through 20 years of marriage is something that is still being perfected. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, we're still working on it day by day, day by day. Now, one of the good things about our marriage is, you know, we don't have um, consistent fights and arguments. No, we can go. So, you know, so it'll go yeah. three, four oh, months, five six. months. I mean, it, but but yeah. when it hit, when that one, when it hits, <laughs> it <laughs> it hits. Like, but, you know, but, you know, one of the things I think for for us is we can tell when when it's coming. So if we're really busy or if we got a lot going on, you know, we, we have to take us because it becomes us like, okay, we missing each other. We, yeah. You know, and so that's when it kind of comes to a head. But as far as a, if we can go weeks, months, 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 months at a time, 
without having any spiritual disagreements. But and that's a good thing because early on it was not it was like it wasn't, it wasn't even close, <laughs> you know. Every little thing, you know, you brought home the wrong diapers. I don't, hey, don't, know. don't bring that up. Okay, you know. Now you one of our some. biggest one of our biggest <laughs> arguments, and man, y'all gotta hear me. Now when I go shop, I'm in and out of a place in five minutes. If I'm going to go get something, I go to exactly where it is in that store. I get it, and then I head to uh, the checkout line, and I'm out. I don't look at, you know, Pampers this or Pampers that. I look at prices. So if I see a diaper bag (laughs) that's $5 and I see a diaper bag that's $10, I'm getting the $5 diaper bag. I brought some diapers that wasn't named brand home one time. (laughs) <laughs> this one over here has a cow. That tell you how long it's been, my because God. Because I didn't bring home name brand diapers. I wasn't used to that, y'all. I mean, I <laughs> and the cereal too. And the cereal. I brought home some off-brand cereal that wasn't Fruit Loops or something. What is like what Parade or yeah, something? Yeah, I, I brought home Parade. <laughs> And she got cheap. But I didn't know. I that's thought right. everything was supposed to be name brand. You know, that's how. And she hurt my feelings, too. I was, I, you, yes, I did. She's <laughs> like, what in the world is this? I'm like, what you talking about? It's cereal. It's diapers. <laughs> What's going to go in a diaper? It doesn't matter if it's Pampers or whatever. The same thing's going to happen. And this led to a big, big blow up. Now, this is early on when our kids are wearing diapers, but but still. Yeah, so again, it was, you know, they were more consistent then than where they are now. I think we had um, seasons of our marriage where we grew from that. Um, Again, people have to understand when we got married, we leave from you was doing your own thing, I was doing mine. We brought all kind of stuff with us. How you dealt with things, how I dealt with things, how I visually learned how to deal with things. And my thing was just say whatever it is I wanted to say. I mean, one thing that I I did not do was fight. Praise the Lord, I got over that. Amen. Um, but <laughs> Amen. And so, you know, but that but again, it was learning. And so when you learn how to resolve things, that makes your marriage that much stronger. You know, you can't be throwing pots and pans, like you said, running, slamming doors. We we didn't have to do any of that, but we did have some heated debates at first. But now those debates are so far and in between. And the byproduct of the argument is the makeup. Makeup. So... Break up. Yeah, get out them clothes. Let's make up. Let's talk. <laughs> can we hard. say that on TV? Yes, we can because Podcast. the marriage bed is undefiled. Yes, it is. So Hallelujah. you can't. It's hard to be mad at each other when you both don't have any clothes on. So it's a good. <laughs> it's a good word. But conflict resolution for us, I think, was an important thing for us to tackle because um, coming from where you were, as you just said, and coming from where I was, uh, we come from two different backgrounds, yeah. seeing two different environments, and then trying to figure out how do these two different environments work together? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I bring, I am a type A personality. I like to, you know, do things my own way, but how do I take a step back and say, let me consider my wife? Yeah, uh, That was one of the hardest challenges that I had to do as a husband, um, and even just as a man, but trying to consider somebody else's feelings because I've never had to do that. Yeah. 
you know, when I left out of the house at 19 to get my own place, you know, I was on my own. So I've never had to consider um, somebody else's feelings. You know, me and my mom grew up, it was just me and my mom. So it was just me and my mom all of my life, basically. So I never had to consider somebody else's feeling. And then I'm thrown into a relationship, not thrown, but into a relationship, thrust, thrust into a relationship <laughs> to where I now have to consider yeah. somebody else's feelings. Yeah. And so that kind of dynamic was a very difficult one for me personally, trying to reshape my thoughts and reshape my own pride to say, okay, it's not just about you anymore. Mm -hmm. How's your wife going to feel about this? Mm -hmm. You know, how's this going to affect your kids? You know, trying to incorporate all these different things into our marriage. But over the years, um, what would you give our marriage? Is, is, it was, is it a positive experience, a learning experience, a blessed experience? What is it? It is all of that and then some. Uh, again, I got my Boaz sitting right in front of me. That's right. I got my diamond in the rough. Yes, Amen. you do. And so uh, that, that was the biggest thing. One of the things that, you know, people have to understand is when you walked up on me. You know, I know you like to tell your story, you know, how I followed him and everything. She stopped me. Oh, gosh, I did not jump out of any bushes. But anyway, you know, so for us, the way that you carried yourself now, y'all understand. Yes, he my David. He all a five foot. Five. Okay. But, um... <laughs> But you carried yourself like you were six feet tall. Six I mean, feet five. Yeah, okay, we, that's what we're going to say. And so, you, you know, the way that your confidence went before you. So, and that, that was something that, that drew me. That, that's what got me. I ain't even going to lie. That's, that's what got me. Um, but but, that, <laughs> but that's, how, that's how it was, and that's how you carried yourself. So it was a physical attraction at first. And then that transition into what we have now, what was physical became a spiritual thing, became, you know, let's build this relationship, let's build this family, and God has to be the center of it all. Now, in our family, um, we talked about Vinchelle was there already, Markayla was there already, and we decided because we were engaging in premarital sex uh, before we got married that we were not going to stop having sex. Uh, no. Because we were, you know, and so we figured, okay, Sorry, now listen. Sorry, mama, daddy, yeah, mama and daddy, my apologies listen. if the kids watching this now. Well, it is what it is. But <laughs> we decided that, hey, either we're going to do this right or we're not going to do it at all. Yeah. And one of the things that drove me in our relationship early on is because I did not want to be a baby daddy. Mm -hmm. I, I just, you know, that whole stigma of being a baby daddy was just not something that resonated within me. I knew a lot of people around me at that time um, that were that and had that stigma and that designation. And I saw how those relationships kind of panned themselves out. And for me, I was um, intent on my children not having what I had, which was not a father present um, stability. Um, even though my mom did an absolute wonderful job as a single parent, she did the best that she could do, working two and three jobs at a time, you know, at, at times to make sure that I had what I had. And trust me now, I went through life and I didn't lack for anything. Mm -hmm. My mom made sure that I had what I needed. Um, but I would be remiss in saying that I didn't miss the father figure who was never there. So one of my driving forces was for my kids was to have that stability, yeah. right? as a father, as a husband, for them to see something that they could model and be proud of. 
And so the baby daddy thing was just never an issue for me. I never wanted to become that. And I believe early on, that was one of the things that kind of kept me in there. Even though we were going through very different challenges yeah. early on in our marriage, I never wanted to get that call, well, come get your kids on the weekend. I never wanted to be that guy, yeah. you know, and talking to the baby mama, you know. I never wanted to have that relationship. So when you're looking at a marriage as a whole, marriage is a give and take. Mm-hmm. Um, is it 50-50 or is it 100-100? Whichever one it is, it needs to be. <laughs> um, I think, you know, it is a 50-50. Sometimes, sometimes it's off, you know. Sometimes it can be a 60-40. But one of the blessed things is where we lack the other person can make up for. So, um, Sister Jamie Michelle Holman. Now, I don't call you Jamie because you're not in trouble. Thank you. Bay. Um, our, uh, talking about what we were just talking about, our marriage is taking a different turn now. Mm-hmm. Um, in year number 20, we have uh, two kids in college, Michelle and Markayla. We have Junior, who is a senior in high school, who will be in college next year. And then we have Faith, our youngest, uh, who will be in college in the next two years. So our marriage is taking a shift now where it is no longer focused necessarily on the upbringing of the children, where we are placing more of a focus on you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, a, that is a transition that I believe a lot of marriages are not prepared for. Um, because when the kids leave the house, now each other look at one another and like, now what? And if you're not developing those those foundational things in your marriage early on, when the kids eventually do leave, the marriage leaves as well. Mm-hmm. One of the great parts about um, our marriages, and we you know we try to have fun, try to keep it light, um, but we genuinely like each other. I genuinely yeah. like you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I love you. I love you. I too. mean, I, I love you as my wife, as mother of my children, as my sister in Christ. Like, I, I love you on all those levels, but I actually like you. And when you travel, I still, I still got to spray the bed down with you. Yeah. When I go on mission trips, you know, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, I can't function without you. Now, when I go, <laughs> t- tell them when I go on mission trips, what do you do? <laughs> oh God. I do. I spray. I spray the, my pillow down with your cologne. You know. Well, I, I miss you. You know. I don't care where you're going. And she that. spray my expensive cologne. I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. But that. But those are the things. And even to model that before the kids, because the kids they know how much mommy loves their daddy, and and so they get to see that, and they think it's so funny. I mean, and and the one who I think gets the biggest kick, you know, the the other three they like can y'all can y'all find something else to do yeah you know it's but chunk. faith faith she yeah she she gets enjoyment out of that and it and it's a blessing you know so even when even when you have to travel I still miss you you know I, I tell people now when I stop asking about y'all need to be asking some questions that's but, right <laughs> but you know that's the thing and even you know, to say that we like you. I mean, when you want to genuinely spend time with a person that you are married to, that is a blessing. Not, oh, I can't wait to get out the house. No, if I'm getting out the house, let's do something together. You know. And when you're looking at and, and marriage is supposed to be fun, y'all. Um, it is. You know, marriage, you're supposed to have a good time with your spouse. I'm, I mean, life is already hectic and, and serious enough. Man, learn to enjoy each other. Just and, and, and hear this. You don't need a lot of money to enjoy each other. 
I mean, we are homebodies. Um, make no mistake about it. I became a homebody. Yeah, well, we both became home, uh, homebodies. <laughs> I enjoy being at the house with my family. I mean, I, I just enjoy that kind of environment. It's peaceful. It's safe. Uh, I know what to expect. But marriage is about having fun yeah. and, and really enjoying one another's company. And I believe when you can transition out of the responsibilities of marriage and enjoy the fruit of marriage, yes. it becomes more enjoyable for everybody. Yeah. Go home, lighten the mood. All right. When you get home, laugh, mm-hmm. joke. Have a good time. Don't bring a serious vibe back home to the house. Like right? yesterday, when when he came home from the, from the is it manifestation Monday? No, man, the, it's manifest. Manifest, manifest <laughs> Monday uh, with the men's class. You know, and yesterday I, I tried. I tried to lay as flat as I could, y'all, and put the pillows all on top of she me. She was hiding you know? from I was, me. I was hiding, you know, and and. <laughs> I thought I was doing a good job, but obviously not because you did find me. So, now that's crazy. But those are things that we do. Like we hide around the house. Not, I'm 47. She's 43. And she's 50. Um, she's 50. Yeah, um, mm. But you got a 47 and a 43-year-old playing hide-and-go-seek around the house. I mean, I know that's crazy. I know it sounds. But, you know, it's just stuff that's crazy like that that we do that we enjoy doing because we want to keep the marriage oh. alive. I'm learning how to become a dominologist. No, no, you're not. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I'm trying to learn how to become a domino. No, no, no. That's not you know, that's No, no, not no, 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 because you play dominoes. You play. You connect dominoes. I'm a dominologist. Okay, I'll continue to learn. There you the go. You, you're learning. I'm learning. You're learning. <laughs> so when, let's talk about the kids for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so our kids are grown or getting growner. Is that okay? Right? And so one of the challenges that we face now is releasing our children into this world. Yes. You know, praying, God, everything we put in them, I hope it stick, yeah. you know, because we are releasing them into a world that does not believe what we believe. It's not kind. And especially, oh especially on these college campuses. Yeah. Um, because on these college campuses, they are bombarded. Um, as Christian parents, we have tried to instill Christianity in our children, moral, moral values, moral compasses, right versus wrong, what to do, what not to do. But when they get on these college campuses, uh, they are inundated yeah. with everything opposite of Christ. And so as parents, you are sitting around <laughs> having conversations, sometimes, uh, unfortunately, worrying a bit more than you should, you know, concerned about your kids' well-being, wanting to try to control them, but wanting to give them the freedom yeah. of being a young adult. So speak to that a little bit and how challenging that is right now. You know, even for me, with the with first sending off our girls, you know, to school, and and I thank God for um, you know our church and and the people that have already that we we are surrounded by that have had to send their kids off to college, and you know the feedback, the wisdom that they're able to provide to us with what they had to do. But um, you know, I was I was praying long before. They went off to college, you know, asking God to cover them, making sure, you know, that he, he, he orders their steps, making sure that he keeps his hedge of protection high around them, making sure that they make the right decisions. Um, do I understand that, 
Young adults are going to be young adults, yes. Um, but at the end of the day, I have to trust what God says. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He says, I am with you everywhere that you go. Grace and mercy will follow you. And so I really look at those things with our kids. Um, even with the climate that we were in, I remember sitting in the bed one day and Junior said, Mom, I'm going to um, go outside and, and walk. And it was after all of, you know, the melee. The George Floyd thing. George Floyd and all mm-hmm. of that. And I remember crying because I'm like, God, I I mean, this could be anybody's child. Junior's Selma's six feet tall, and, you know, he's a gentle giant. He wouldn't harm anybody, you know. And just the thought of, as a parent, of trying to maneuver through that and trust God and say, okay, God, I can't keep them in the house. I can't shelter our kids forever. So when they're out, God, please cover them in the name of Jesus. But that was hard for me because everything on TV said opposite of trust. And as a father, you know, with three girls, um, you know, I always got a side eye. You know, I'm, I'm questioning everything. And there are times in which um, I've been very forthright that I have overcompensated as a father. Um, In regards to my daughters, I have been a bit overprotective, trying to shield them from all these buzzards out there. Um, (laughs) I mean that respectfully. But uh, knowing where most men's minds are, right, and and trying to shelter my daughters from those particular people. And know where where women or girls' minds are. I mean, we can't just say it's the guys. It's the girls, too. Yeah, it's the girls now that are are a bit, you know, maybe that's a whole other podcast that women right now are just (laughs) really aggressive. But trying to go ahead and release them into this world and then trust that God is going to keep them um, in their their time. We're now in a conversation to where we're fielding, you know, grown-up conversations that are sometimes very uncomfortable to have. But as we are trying to navigate through this season of our lives, uh, one of the things I want to encourage married people about in regards to their kids is that we do have to trust God. Mm -hmm. It's simplistic, but man, I know at times it's very difficult Mm -hmm. because this world is so cruel. It's, it's, it's got them in their sights and, and we have to release them to hold on to the things that we tried so hard, so hard to put into them. And that's where our faith comes in at. And I believe that, that when we have a solid relationship as a husband and wife and as a mother and a father, um, it gives them the assurance that even though this world may be cruel, I have a family that I know loves me. Yeah, I have a family that I know accepts me. And no matter what goes on in this world, I will always be a part of this family. And I think that's very, very important when you're talking about a family dynamic. Mm -hmm. But let me ask you this. Does marriage get easier? Um, Yes, I I, I believe it does, Um, especially when you've been around each other for so long. There are some things that are just some non-negotiables. There's just some things that are solidified. Uh, There's just some things that... Look, it is what it is, and and you know what to expect. Um, but it, I, I think it does get easier. Uh, one of the things that I tend to think about often is the, the misconception of what marriage is supposed to look like. It's not just—I mean, I thank God for my priest, provider, and protector— 
But, you know, some women are just looking for somebody to provide, but not looking for anybody to cover them. You know, some women are, you know, they're, they're, they're wearing these children now like they're the latest accessory. When, when God tells us that for our family, we're supposed to train them up in the way that we should go, in the way that they should go. And so when you look at those things right now, that could be a bit disheartening because, it's completely opposite to what we've trained our kids and modeled for for our kids. You're a pretty woman. Thank I'm just sitting you. there looking at you're a pretty woman. But it I um, think it I think it I think it does get easier over time because once you've been around someone for so long Well yeah, it, it, you know, twenty years in, you're not having well, you shouldn't be having yeah. five year old marriage problems at twenty years in. There just should be some non-negotiables that are set in stone. Mm-hmm. Like there's some things that we're just not gonna do. Mm-hmm. Like there's no there's no arguing around that. Like if we do get into a spiritual debate, ain't nobody leaving the house. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sleeping in any other part of the room except in my bed. Neither are you. Um, you can be mad, but you'll be mad on the other side of the bed. Right. They're just non-negotiables that you happen to put in place as you as you progress in your marriage. So marriage, as you begin to know each other better, as you begin to know what to expect and how to navigate those landmines, mm-hmm. marriage should get it should get easier. It should get easier and it should get more enjoyable. And, and it does. But, it, you know, it's it's the people within, you know, when people, you know, give marriage a bad name, give marriage a bad rap, you know. Uh, again, when we when we're modeling before people, we want them to see us. Yes, it's work, but not work that is a chore. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, like oh, I got to go home. No, I I want to go home. You know, ooh, well, y'all, he taught me how to clean up so well. Um, Come on now, amen. My OCD. But, you know, but even in that, that gets easier because it's not because I have to do it. It's because I want to do it. Um, so even even in that, I think that makes it easier. Uh, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about the, the cleaning part. But let's, all, let's also bring it into how do we manage expectations? Because that's a big one. <laughs> you know, you go into these marriages with these high fluent um, expectations that every day is going to be with like Sunday list. with a list. With the list. This is what I want. This is what I'm not going to settle for X, Y and Z. But if you don't manage expectations properly, they lead to frustration. Yeah. Frustration leads to anger. Anger leads to disagreements. Disagreements leads to fights. So it's all about managing that expectation. We've said before that you just got to be willing to ask yourself a question. Um, and please excuse the, the frankness of this, but what type of stuff am I willing to put up with? Mm-hmm. Like what what stuff that I that I may not like, but I can put up with that, right? And then what stuff am I not willing to put up with? So managing the expectations about your marriage, I believe is important because if you don't manage it, disappointment sets in. Um, and I believe one of the things that we have to learn how to do as married couples, especially as Christian couples, yeah. is manage the expectation between people. Yeah. Because he's not doing what I want him to do. She's not doing what I want her to do. You see this played out in many different roles in, in regards to emotional support for the men. You got to manage the expectation of sex in your marriage. It's not going to be an everyday thing. Now, you're going to get it. Well, let me just speak. Let me just say. Amen. 
Amen. We ain't got no problems in that area. He ain't marry me for my cooking. Yeah, I ain't uh. marry you for your cooking. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to manage the expectations, right? Yeah. Because if you don't, disappointment sets in. And when disappointment sets in, it's hard to get it out. Yeah. So speak on about how to manage expectation when you came into this marriage, uh, considering that your parents were married for a long time. What's some of the expectations that you placed on us? Oh, goodness. Do everything that I want you to do. Um, that that was one of the biggest things uh, because, again, now we're in this. Uh, but even for me, it was learning how, you know, because I stayed at home. Again, I stayed at home as a housewife, and, and that's a whole nother podcast of even having to stay home, having to learn how to be that helpmate in the home. Um, being a worker at home, taking care of the kids. Um, that was nothing that I expected, but that was an expectation of yours. So even trying to, to uh, manage that was very difficult. So in learning, I look at every year, you know, I got better and I got better and I got better because I was willing to learn. I was willing to yield. Um, but again, the expectation of, you know, look, I can take care of myself, you know, versus having to depend on someone. That was an expectation. Uh, again, still being able to do whatever it is I wanted to do. That was an expectation. I just kind of expected you, hey, you here, we here. Okay, let's, let's, let's make it work. I think for us, because of what we had been through, and what we were bringing into the marriage, the expectation was up and, and down. And, 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 and babe, that's a, that's a great point because when we stood at the altar, what little people fail to realize is, is that when you're standing at the altar and you see the groom, you see the bride, mm -hmm. the bride is arrayed in her beautiful dress, the groom is in his tux, he's got his groom, and she's got a bridesmaid. It's a beautiful ceremony, and we had a beautiful ceremony. Yeah. God, God bless that. But what you don't see in the spirit is that the bride and the groom are bringing all of this luggage of their past. Yeah. All these past hurts, past disappointments, they're bringing that into a singular relationship. And we didn't deal with those and we didn't deal with it, prior to getting married. That's exactly right. We just right. kind of went into it. That's exactly it. right. So pain, suffering, disappointment, all frustration, all of that was cast and up on a very expectation, you know? young marriage. Yeah, yeah. And, and, we, and we had to deal with that. And so when you're trying to navigate through a young marriage to begin with, but then you have all of these outside influences that you wasn't aware about. I never, I don't know anybody when I got married that had a successful marriage. Mm -hmm. I literally knew nobody that had a successful marriage. So there was nobody that I could put my hand on to say, I want to have a marriage like that. There was nobody, nobody in my family, nobody in my immediate or my outer circle, nobody I knew mm -hmm. had a successful marriage. None of my groomsmen were married at the time. You know, I didn't have people around me that mentored me. So when we got into the marriage, when I came into this marriage, I literally came in feeling my way around. Yeah. Like, let's try this. Okay, that didn't work. Let's try this. Let's see that that works. And nobody was there to kind of navigate me along through this process. And so I think that we hit a couple of roadblocks early on in our marriage because we were just not prepared for what marriage was going to bring. Yeah. And we had all of this other stuff. But one of the blessed things about even though with all the struggles is we never mentioned, we never got to the point of no return. Yeah. 
And and when you're talking about how to deal with all of these outside influences like your past and expectations, well, that's what I've seen. That's what I know. So this is now, therefore, what I expect. And then that expectation is not met. And then it leads to disappointment. Mm-hmm. You don't manage the disappointment. It leads to frustration. Now you're mad. Now you're arguing. And then the top blows off. Yeah. And so when you're talking about managing expectations within a marriage, I believe it has to be it has to be practical. Yeah, it does. It has to be practical and not out of not off a, a movie set. Mm-hmm. So because I got that movie ends in 90 minutes. Come on. Now, that's know, a good word. You know, so a, that's a good word. <laughs> that is a good so, word. You know, you have to go back to real life. You, you know why you can pull different things from. From movies, at the end of the day, you still have to go back into this marriage and manage the things that's, that's going on. Uh, I, I know for, for us, um, learning each other, you know, the trust issue, that was a big thing, you know, for you and for me. You know, again, you know, there were not many models, like you said, that uh, as far as people you could just really trust. Um for me, I moved around a lot um, growing up. So it, for, for me just to say, hey, you know, I'm going to give my all in, in this marriage. I'm going to give myself to this man, and he's going to do right by me. That was, that was a challenge because, you know, yes, we are married, but you mean, God, I, I got to put my trust and, and my husband and, and, you know, like I said, you are a priest, provider, protector. And, and but I had to learn those things. So going in that 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 was not mine. I didn't even know what now a priest, provider, that. protector was back then. So S- speak on that a little bit, because that's not something that I learned until maybe a couple of years into the marriage mm-hmm. that you had moved around so much. So how many times did you move in your childhood? Oh, well, as far as schools were concerned, I mean, I three different elementaries every year in middle school, and I stayed at the same high school all four years. So now that's not something that I knew going into the marriage, but once I found that out, my job then, therefore, was to provide stability. Stability. Because once I found out that she moved around a lot, as a husband with that type of information, now i got to make a decision. I have to provide stability because that's not something that she came from. And so in the 20 years of marriage, we've had... We got an apartment in the first one, mm-hmm. two apartments. Two. So are we in four? We've been in four places? We were on two. Willcrest, we were on uh, Westheimer, uh, Scottsdale, five. Um, yeah, we so five. In, so five houses in, 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 in the 20 years. So the, that's part that we didn't learn about each other until into the marriage. And so just take a little moment right, right now and, and let's talk about why is it important to have these kind of conversations open conversations before the marriage. Why the, what's the importance of learning each other, going through this process before you say I do? Because then you know what you're going in with. Uh, if, if people can lay those things out, not saying that, you know, things won't come up in the marriage, but those things that, that happened prior to the marriage or when y'all were in a relationship or, you know, basing things on a past relationship or, you know, your upbringing, all of those things play a different role in your life. And so I think as boyfriend and girlfriend or fiancés, you know, if y'all are sitting down and talking about those things and then not only that, have somebody that you 
can spiritually connect to. Because sometimes people are not spiritually in a position to receive the things that you have to say and having to work through all of that. So I think in the beginning, if you sit down and you talk those things out, the good, the bad, and the ugly, this is me. These are my insecurities. This is where I come from. And then you can build from from that. And I think that's why the counseling prior to getting married is so important. And that goes to that. And babe, that goes to trust, because uh, as a man, a, a man has to deal with himself a lot. And he has to be able to have somebody on his side that has his back through thick and thin. Yeah. And, and I've often said, I've, I will say this into in my dying breath, that a woman has the unique power to uh, make a man walk through a brick wall, walk through fire. Yeah. But she also has the power to make a man jump off a bridge. Mm-hmm. The power of the wife, the power of the woman is an enormous power that I believe that most women don't understand that they have. When you know how to exercise that power, when you know how to harness it and use it for spiritual good, there's nothing that that man will not do for you. There's no mountain that he will not climb. There is nothing that he will not do for him and his family. But when the woman uses that powerful voice to tear that man down, there's nothing that that man will do for you. Mm-hmm. And so the, the and as men, one of the things that we, uh, let me just speak for me, that was very, very important for me was to have somebody in my life that was down for me all the time. Like you knew my story. Yeah. Um, you knew how I came into Christ. You know, the reason why I got saved was because of an unfortunate thing of trust with a good friend of mine and what drove me to the cross of Calvary. Yeah. But I had to trust you with that information. And that information had to be guarded by you. And so no matter what the world was doing to me, no matter how badly I got treated in the world, I needed to come home to a place of safety. Yeah. And I believe that's what every woman wants and every man yeah. wants. That the world is going to beat us up, y'all. It's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to knock us back. Is your house a safe zone? I that's, like that. Yeah, it's supposed to be a safe zone. Yeah. This is the place where I can find some solace. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you this question, um, my love, uh, the love of my life. Um, my my wife loves romantic movies. Uh, <laughs> oh, I like war movies. I like a lot of gunshots and stuff like that. But if you love them, sit there and watch them with them, okay? Yeah, Saving Private Ryan. Yes, so watch it with them. <laughs> yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. Yes. And I've learned that there is such a value in appreciating what the other appreciates. Watching football, basketball. Yeah, you know, Amen. You know, Praise the Lord. Watching that. Amen. Um, I want to ask you a question. Yes. When you're talking about a successful marriage, having fun in the marriage, enjoying your marriage, what would you tell somebody watching right now who is not experiencing those things? Marriage is rough. Um, it's difficult. They're not getting along. Um, there seems to be some contention in the marriage that they can't get past. What What would you tell that person? Pray. I said it the last time, pray. Uh, the other thing is, is go before God. Lay those things down at his feet, whether that be with your spouse, whether the, the issue is with you, you know. Um, seek God's face in it. Uh, as far as it getting greater later, you might have to, if, even like for us, 
I believe some of the things that we had to experience was because of our disobedience in the beginning, going into everything. So I know, you know, right, knew right away, seemed like every answer for us was no, we we God can no. It, it seemed like the answer was no, and it's like, is it always going to be a no? And in getting those no's, you're bound to throw up your hands, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're trying to do things for for your family, when you're trying to do things in your marriage. But if you yield, if you humble yourself in the marriage, God has something to work with. I tell people all the time, give God something to bless. He's not going to bless you tearing down your husband. He's not going to bless you um, bringing up every little thing that your husband may do. And then in return, you don't want to talk about anything that you do. Um, women have to also take responsibility for the things that they that they do in a marriage. Um, take responsibility for for the kids. You know, kids watch us. We, we are their teachers, their first teachers. Um, so I, I'll say it does get easier. It does get greater later. But, you know, one of the movies that, you you know, we were just watching the other day is um, Not Easily Broken. A three-strand uh, cord is not easily broken. God has to be the center of your marriage, the center of your relationship. Um, one of the things that it pointed out in that movie was um, she talked with her mom and and she was like, Mom, you you left out some key things. You 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 left out how I can love. You left out you know how I can trust someone. You you left out some things you know because you know they want to raise us to be strong, independent women. But what about when you have to trust your husband and and the the money is not coming in like it needs to. You know, will you still be the wife that you need to be in the meantime? Um, I remember having, you know, and I don't know how much time we have left, but even for us to love, even when we experience those financial challenges, even when, you know, I had to, you know, when we had to do the food stamps, even when we had to get the assistance. I mean, that was not a place. It wasn't a comfortable place for us, but I'm glad it wasn't comfortable for you. Because as a man, you're like, I got to get my family out of this. And you trusted God through the process you put in the work. And as a family, we followed behind that. So I covered you in prayer. I know that you out there getting your grind on, wanting to make things happen at home, in ministry. And I supported that. Um, And the reason I supported that is you showed me your character. Righteousness guards the man of integrity. And it was your integrity that went before this family. So if you're in this, ladies, I pray that you would just trust God. Um, And so, and babe, let me tell you, um, as a man, um, it is important to have the undeniable support of your wife. It It is very, very important. Challenges are going to come. Um, you know, we had many of them uh, repossess vehicles. Oh, God. Um, I mean, they came and got your van while you was at work. Is that Mr. They, van? Yeah, they came and got my truck when I was at work. Um, we went through, you know, the lights being cut off. After a mission trip. After a mission trip. Our um, first mission trip. <laughs> we went through... Um, a lot of stuff. Yeah. We went through a lot of stuff. And the thing that I've learned in that is that God is consistent through it all. But I believe that God um, 
God tests you. He doesn't tempt you, but he does test you. And I believe that the test was to see how faithful you were going to be in that moment. And so when you have a relationship that is built on love and trust, and that love and trust is kind of words we kind of throw against the wall and hope that it sticks. But those things take a lot of work. Marriage is work. Um, Marriage has to be equally important on both sides. And when you begin to put God first and begin to keep the main thing the main thing, you you can't get bogged down on all these little minor details in life. It is, it's literally not worth it. It's not worth the time, energy, and effort that it takes to navigate through all of that foolishness. And so a successful marriage kind of looks like, does my marriage honor God, first and foremost? Am I honoring the person that God has given me? Am I providing a legacy for my family? Yeah. Like these are questions that you have to go through if you want to have a marriage that glorifies God. Not this perfect marriage that you see on TV, uh, because you said before that there is no perfect marriage, but there is a marriage that can glorify God. And so I want to encourage everybody right now in the name of Jesus. Um, I always say this. Um, as Pastor Holman, um, you know, people see me on the outside, but I say, whatever this woman tells you, believe it. She knows me in and out, right, wrong, good and bad. Um, whatever she says, believe it. Um, I love you more um, than I can possibly say. Um, you've, you've put up with me in the good times, the bad times, the prosperous times. Um, we could eat at Morton Steakhouse and the, the famine times when we had uh, Roman noodles and Kool-Aid. Good Roman noodles. Pork. I uh, like it. <laughs> you know, you, you put up with me when the car was getting repossessed, but you also put up with me when I got you a new car. So, Hallelujah. <laughs> God is good. Hallelujah. So um, I want to I, I wanna say that on my side, marriage is good. Um, marriage is instituted by God. Have fun in your marriage. Love each other. Let forgiveness be the fabric of your marriage because both people are going to mess up a lot. A lot. And so learn to love each other. I want to ask you this in our closing time. Um, As we look at what marriage looks like in this new season of culture that we're in right now, we're fighting desperately to keep marriage traditional. Mm -hmm. And in a sense of traditional, I mean between a natural born man and a natural born woman that raising a family in love and and admonition of the Lord. As we are striving to do that, what's some of the practical ways that we can accomplish that? Uh, Communication. Uh, the way that uh, we communicate with each other, like you said, we discussed it today, the expectations, um, making sure that we keep the main thing the main thing, trusting God, Him being the foundation uh, of everything, Him being the center of it all. Um, and for you, like you said, I, I love you. I, I've grown with you. I was 22 when we got married. Uh, so I'm almost 40, 42. Oh, Lord. Um, but we've grown together because you were 27. And and so God has taken two imperfect people again and 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 built a marriage that can um, glorify him. And I, I'll submit to you, continue to submit come to on, you. Say, come on, keep, keep going. Respect you, love you. Yeah, come on. Because I'm suitable and comparable to you. That's exactly right. Genesis Amen. 2. 
and I'm glad that you can dwell with me with understanding so your Let, prayers may not be hindered. That's Hallelujah. First Peter. <laughs> She's married to a preacher. <laughs> Uh, everybody, I want to thank you for joining us here on the set of Studio B as we talk about married life, the um, the challenges that are presented. Um, how do we navigate through all these landmines uh, in marriage? And how do you have a marriage that glorifies God? Um, I pray that the time that we've been able to spend with you guys has been beneficial. Um, our life is an open book. We try to be as transparent as we possibly can um, to help and encourage those who may be along that same path. I want to encourage you that God is good. And God is able, and there is no problem that is taken to you for such is common to man. God is faithful and will never leave you where you are. Uh, so if you're watching us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube, make sure that you like, subscribe, comment, and follow so that you don't miss one single episode of Studio B. We'll see you next week. Never,